Hello, everybody, and welcome to Mrs. G's Storytime. We are reading the book In My Father's House by Corey Tenboom, with permission of Light Trails Publishing and the Tenboom Foundation. We are on Chapter 15, Leaders and Blunders. I love the activity, the challenge, the excitement of seeing lives changed. The need in young people was obvious as the clubs multiplied rapidly. Once a month, we had representatives of every club gather to give suggestions and form plans. We had so many interest groups, handcrafts, sewing, piano, harmonium, and choir. As a few girls with other talents expressed the need for another group, we would find a leader and begin another club. I led the music group myself. Music has always been an important part of my life, and it was such a joy for me to work with these girls. Our club had eight members. Seven girls worked at a table on harmony and the study of music, while one went to the piano or organ. Consequently, each member had the lengthy chance of five to ten minutes behind the keyboard. My, what mistakes I made in that club. If I had taught them watch repair, I would have known exactly what I was doing. But during the times that I sent for a substitute teacher, my lack of real skill in music became glaringly evident. My substitute was Anne, a lady who had many diplomas from the Music Academy. When she took my organ and piano club, her trained ears suffered, to put it mildly. Dear Anne, I learned so much from her. She never refused to help me. In her humble and shy way, she lovingly told me of some of the horrible mistakes and instructions I had made. However, she didn't have a critical spirit and was able to correct me in such a loving manner. This was a gift which set such an example for me. I love this music club, but the few-minute message was the important part of the evening for me. These short talks about the Lord weren't deep theological studies, but stories from the Bible and about the lives of other Christians. They were brief on purpose. Some of the club members expected this part of the evening, but it wasn't really their cup of tea. They seemed to endure it for the sake of fun in the clubs. We had a theme for everything we did. It was him in the midst of the clubs. This is exactly what we did. Put the message in the middle of the meeting. We knew if we gave it at the beginning, some would avoid it by coming late, or if we talked our theme later in the evening, they left early. However, many seeds fell upon fertile ground, and when the club members began to open their hearts and ask questions about Jesus, we decided to start a catechism club. In this group, they could learn enough to become a member of the church. Some called it the Confirmation Club. My teaching, however, did not always meet with enthusiasm from the pastors of the churches. Sometimes there was an examination by the pastor in the presence of elders and deacons. The first time I had just a few confirmands, so the pastor invited me to come together with the new members he had trained. It was an interesting experiment. First, the pastor asked one of his pupils a simple question. Who was the first man in the, in the world? Silence. Embarrassment. He hinted by saying, it starts with an A. She replied with a proud smile, must have been Abram. Pastor was so humiliated. My pupils studied the Bible very hard. The last few weeks before confirmation, they came several evenings to see me and to repeat what they had learned. One of my confirmands was asked, Do you know the name of a one judge of Israel? Without hesitation, the boy rattled off the names of Hothmel, Hedud, Shamgar, Deborah, and the names of other judges. The examining board was impressed. One of my girls was asked to tell the story of one of the judges. She said that Gideon was a very shy and bashful man, and when the angel appeared to him, he told Gideon that because the Lord was with him, he was a mighty man of valor. However, she added, 
I would never have chosen him to become a hero. I think he was a sissy. But because the Lord was with him, he was mighty. Later I heard from the French nanny of the minister's little boy that a pastor came home and declared, I'll never examine Corey Ten Boom's confirmands and mine together again. I've seldom been so ashamed of the poor results of my teaching. Later, it was more than embarrassment. It became a real collision. I was examining a girl for confirmation and refused to recommend her because she didn't believe that Jesus had died on the cross. She was very unhappy over my decision and said, I'm not religious like you, but I'd like to become a member of the church. I think it's dignified, and I like that. Besides, my mom's going to give me a new dress for the occasion. I still refused, and she went to the minister, who reversed my decision and allowed her to become a church member. He said, I like the idea of a herd. Some are sheep, some are not, but that doesn't matter. That minister eventually left the pastor to become a professor of theology at a university. Training Leaders As the clubs and the work increased, it became obvious that we needed to devote more time to training leaders. When we had our weekly meetings with our leaders, we took turns telling a story from the Bible while the rest of us criticized. The types of questions we were asked were, Was the gospel clear? How was her first sentence and did it attract attention? Was there humor? What help was there for the girls this week? What importance did the story have for eternity? Did she describe colors, movements? Did she draw pictures with good illustrations? Was it an inspiration for action, for faith, for endurance? Problems were discussed and then there was prayer. All of us did the work because we loved it. We had so much fun together, but we also understood why it was important. It was a humble little piece of building the kingdom of God. One of the problems we had was that we didn't have enough able leaders Another serious one was that it was difficult to get rid of the wrong ones. The most impossible of all the leaders was Kip Slang. The girls gave her that name because she told the Adam and Eve story by saying that the snake had legs like a chicken. After that, her name became Kip Slang, Chicken Snake. The girls roared with laughter during her story about Adam and Eve, and she cried with holy indignation over their ridicule. Weren't girls supposed to be serious when listening to the Bible story? Kipslang's club was always a sensation. Girls cried often because they're her harsh remarks, and she usually answered by crying also. There was always noise and disorder in her club, and on one occasion, the girls began to throw chairs at each other. It was quite out of control, but no other club was as popular because something was always happening there. It was really remarkable. Once we had 10 clubs, which all formed as a result of the split-ups from Kipsling's club. Dear Kipsling. She was often a headache, but club work certainly prepared her for the future. When I last heard of her, she had been married three years and had just given birth to her second set of twins. Let's go camping. During the summer, we arranged camps which brought girls and leaders closer together than all the weekly meetings. Most of the time, we went to the Biscap, an old word for joy, which was a simple log cabin with room for about 60 girls. The campfires were high spots during our outings. There we talked about the Lord, sang hymns, and prayed. Though they were rascals and born after the fall, the girls were very strict about their campfire time and always said, At a campfire you look into the flames and listen to God. In the camps and conferences, one of the biggest dangers was the gossip. We made a camp law, and one of the articles was, If you must tell something negative about someone else, first tell ten positive qualities about her. If a gossiping remark was made during a meal, we simply said, pass the salt if you please. 
Our foster children enjoyed the club and camp life with me. All of them were such a great help to us as leaders, and the love between us made it possible for me to depend upon them for so many tasks. It was always such a joy to have them together with the other club girls. Most of them had such a good training that later they were able to do club work wherever they were, scattered all over the world. The girls learned some of the basic lessons of life and death at the camps. Toti and Janny were sisters and had several real aunts in Holland with whom they spent a part of their vacations. Once in a camp with me, they received a phone call from an uncle that their most beloved aunt had died. They had known that her life was in danger for she was a hemophiliac. When she had a wound, the bleeding wouldn't stop, and upon the birth of her first child, she died. She was very young, and the girls were brokenhearted. It was the first time that someone they loved had been taken from them by death. Would you like to go be with your uncle, I asked. Yes, we would. We couldn't enjoy camp anymore. Perhaps we can help with the funeral. Tomorrow I'll take you to the train. There's no connection tonight, I explained. I saw their sad young faces and suggested taking a walk over the heather fields. While we were alone, I let them talk and talk about their aunt. I have found this is one of the most important things to do for a person who is grieving. Have them talk about the loved one who is gone. Tati and Janny knew their aunt loved the Lord and that she had known that there was a danger of dying as soon as she had a wound. I had a little New Testament in the pocket of my uniform and read from Romans 8.28 that all things work together for good to them that love God. Also, for our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us far more exceedingly an eternal weight of glory. 2 Corinthians 4.17 Tati and Jana confronted the reality and the glory of death that summer at camp. Some years later, Tati married her uncle, which may seem strange, but he was only nine years older than she. They had several children and a good life together. Along the River Rhine One trip, which was unforgettable, was a hiking and camping adventure the club girls had through Germany. All the girls who could spare their time and money met each week in our clubhouse to learn the German language. If someone knew a sentence which would be useful when traveling, she would express it to the group, and all the girls would write the sentence in Dutch and in German in their notebooks. Everyone had a little knowledge of the language before we started the trip. I told them the German words, and they wrote them down phonetically. The Rhine River was never so beautiful as it was that summer. I don't believe I ever enjoyed a trip through a foreign land as much as I did when I was traveling with the girls who had never been outside their country. Many years later, one of the girls who went on our German trip became seriously ill. In her feverish state, she talked about the only foreign country trip she had ever made. It had been the highlight of her life. However, her real comfort consisted not in the recall of that trip while treading the valley of the shadow of death, but in the fact that she was not alone because Jesus was her Savior. She had given her heart to him in one of the clubs. This was the most important purpose of our club work, to confront each person with him who is our only comfort in life and death. Jesus is the real security in this world. Even in the hour, we have to leave it. Blunder boom. Sometimes I think my middle name is Blunder. I made some big mistakes, but I can say that our clubs became a success in spite of me. I loved my girls and shared many of their joys and difficulties. As the years passed and some of our club girls grew older or others wished to join, some of the teenagers didn't like to belong to the club where older people came. We must make an age limit for our clubs, some experienced club leaders suggested. Let's make it 25 years. 
I protested. I had some fine girls who had already passed that age, and I couldn't stand the idea of being forced to send them away. I don't think we should have any limit. Let's just consider the ages 8 to 80. Why not? No one challenged me, and when I had a fixed opinion, it was almost impossible to dissuade me. Consequently, the age limit was never changed. One blunder, which may have been turned into a blessing, was when I chose a campsite rather close to the soldiers' quarters. In their free time, the men showed a great interest in the girls. Of course, the girls returned that interest. That's understandable. One day during that camp, we marched through the village at the moment the soldiers came off duty. The boys surrounded us on all sides. An officer who had been one of Tante Jan's protégés years before had become a daily visitor at the Bayet and saw our problem. He took his bicycle and rode beside our group, ordering all the soldiers away, and then he escorted us until we reached the camp. That officer was a blessing to me, but I'm not sure all the girls felt the same way. During this time, the campfires also became quite a problem. When the girls gathered around the fire, we seemed to have soldiers growing out of the trees. It was very difficult to get any attention from the girls for our talks and singing. I appealed to the officer for help, and he offered, Every evening I'll send you two trustworthy sergeants to serve as camp watchers. They'll report any soldiers who comes within a quarter of a mile of your tent and campfire. After that, two men joined our campfire every evening. They were never the same men, so the rotation system worked very well. They told us later that they enjoyed their girls' club watch, and there was never a lack of volunteers. I've sometimes wondered if there was some seed of the gospel sown in the hearts of those men. We never know. God can give a straight blow with a crooked stick. He blesses in spite of our blunders. But God hath chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise, and God hath chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty. 1 Corinthians 1.27 Well, that's the end of chapter 15. Uh, well, next time will be chapter 16, safety pins on uniforms. We'll find out what that means. I love you. I'm praying for you and bye-bye for now.